SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. I'm Brad Brown, and uh, thank you very much to the MoneyWeb team. They're back again on your radio tomorrow. Busy show lined up for you tonight. We'll be chatting uh, some running. We'll also be taking a look at uh, junior hockey. We'll be chatting Craven Week rugby uh, and a whole lot more as well. But let's uh, talk about the big story of the day, and it's got to do with the Olympics. At least 10 national anti-doping organizations, including those in the United States, Germany, Japan and Canada have grouped together to request a complete ban on Russian involvement at the Rio Games. The International Olympic Committee is likely to come under increased pressure to take action following the release yesterday of the McLaren report, which revealed the covering up of urine samples of Russian athletes from virtually all sports before and after the Sochi Games. The report exposed the state-sponsored doping regime, which showed how Russia effectively sabotaged the Sochi 2014 Winter Games and left the nation's place at the Rio 2016 Games hanging by a thread. Canadian law professor Richard McLaren explains more. All of this comes a picture which emerges of an intertwined network of state involvement through the Ministry of Sport and through the CSP and with the FSB in the operations of both Moscow and Sochi Labs. It was a fail-safe method of permitting cheating Russian athletes to compete while using performance-enhancing substances. The Moscow lab operated for the protection of doped Russian athletes within a state-dictated fail-safe system was described in the report as a disappearing positive methodology. According to McLaren, it was a well-thought-out deception. The system was set up after Russian authorities felt it was an abysmal medal count by the Russian Olympic team at the 2010 Vancouver Winter Olympics and was in place until at least August of 2015. Ministry of Sport, RUSADA, that's the doping agency in Russia, the anti-doping agency in Russia, and the CSP were all involved in this operation. I can tell you as well, there was an emergency International Olympic Committee board meeting today and the IOC came out of that saying they would explore legal options for banning Russia from the Games. Saskok also announced that their team of 45 athletes from 10 different sporting codes for the Paralympic Games that take place in Rio between the 7th and the 18th of September. Heading that team up will be Ernst van Dijk going back for his 7th consecutive Games. Coming up next here on SAFM Sports Wrap, we'll chat the Cape Town Marathon. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, it's exactly as we look at the calendar now. 60 days to go to the 2016 uh, Sunlum Cape Town Marathon. And I'm not quite sure if that makes me nervous or excited, but uh, it's a fantastic race. And uh, I think my nerves, uh, the butterflies are there already because I'm running my first Cape Town Marathon this year. And uh, there was an announcement made today, today uh, about a, a slight change in route. And I think it's very, very good news. And we join now by Ambassador for the Sunlum Cape Town Marathon, former Olympic silver medalist, Ilana May. Ilana, welcome on to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Thanks for, for your time. This is an exciting announcement. Obviously, you guys are trying to turn this race into uh, a premier uh, global city marathon. And uh, the way to get the big names here is to make it fast. And the changes are definitely going to do that. Hi, Brad. It's yeah, it's really great news to hear that you will be towing your your the line there to to run the Sunlum Cape Town Marathon. Um, you know, and the 
the slight change in the route is certainly, you know, even though it's it's not a big massive change, it it really is a small change, but you know, it will make it will contribute to making it a faster race. Um, you know, we have managed to um, you know, to achieve a two ten um forty five, you know, on the men's side and a two thirty twenty on the women's side, um, you know, over the last two years. And I I truly believe with this change, um, you know, now starting you know, just on top of the, uh, the lookout on Beach Road, you know, with a very wide open road, um, you know, over the first, um, you know, the first section of the marathon. And then at the end, you know, we actually cut out about 32 turns, you know, which certainly will make it a lot faster. You know, so with that, we do hope for good weather, um, you know, and to, that we will see records for, um, you know, the fastest time, you know, on the ever on the African continent is set more than 20, you know, uh, 26 years ago, um, you know, in PE um, with a 209.50 on the men's side and a 227.35 on the women's side, you know, and we would certainly like to see that for that records for, you know, to make the Sunlum Cape Town Marathon the fastest marathon on the African continent. Wow, I didn't realize that those records uh, uh, have stood that that long. And, and the good news is, Ilana, even though I am running, I will definitely not be challenging for those <laughs> those records. As as far as the elite field goes, I mean, we had some, some great runners here last year. It's still a, a way out. Uh, I know you haven't announced the, the, the full elite field yet, but can you tell us possibly maybe one or two of the big names who will be joining us? Um, yes, absolutely. I think, um, you know, one of the very exciting things is that we will have the defending champion, um, Shadrach Kemboy back. You know, last year Shadrach won the race, you know, in a 2.11, um, but it was a real tactical race. You know, the guys went out, um, and ran a 67, you know, over the first actually flatter part of, of, um, the marathon and then came home in a 64. You know, so he, I, I just spoke to him a while ago. And he is really motivated, um, you know, to come back this year and to run a 208. Um, you know, so it's great news that we will have the, the defending champion Shadrach Kemboy back. Um, you know, what we will also do this year is to introduce paces. Um, you know, um, for the first time, we will have um, paces on the main side, you know, to, to set the pace of a 208, um, you know, over uh, the first, uh, you know, at least, 30 kilometers, um, you know, to ensure, you know, that we set the runners up, you know, to run a really good time. Um, you know, on the women's side, you know, we, we also have some great um, runners already committed from Kenya, Ethiopia, you know, with personal best times of a 2.23 and 2.24. Um, you know, so we are certainly looking at a lineup of, you know, a gold label um, field, you know, and what does that mean? It means that we will have at least you know, five men, five women from five different countries, um, you know, with marathon times faster than 2.10 on the men's side and on the women's side faster than 2.28. And that's essentially the goal for, for a race like the, the Sunlam Cape Town Marathon, Ilana, is, is you want it up there with, with the best city marathons in the world. I mean, let's be honest, Cape Town is a magnificent destination. You look at big races, and I think of the likes of New York and, and London and those sort of races. There's no reason why Cape Town Marathon can't be up there the same stature as far as uh, race goes you know absolutely i think you know from the very start you know um it was our dream it, it's our dream to establish 
the Sunlum Cape Town Marathon as Africa, Africa's major marathon. You know, we are sitting on over 6,000 entrants already. Um, we are closing on 7,500, you know, and we're still expecting all the club um, entries to come in and be- believe that we will achieve that in the next week or 10 days. Um, you know, so we are really, um, you know, growing the race to become, you know, a gold, a IAAF gold label event, you know, and Africa's major marathon. You know, I've, um, the best marathon runners around the world, you know, come from Africa, you know, and still, you know, Africa hasn't, um, you know, produced a marathon from, with a statue of a London or Boston or New York or Chicago marathon. And, you know, Cape Town is an iconic city and I truly believe that, you know, in a couple of years from now, we will look back and, you know, and this will be Africa's major marathon, yeah. standing alongside the Giants. I, I can't wait uh, for that day. Ilana, just finally, and, and, and a bit off subject, uh, obviously there's lots in the news at the moment in the build-up to the Rio Olympic Games with uh, the nonsense that's going on in, in Russia. Your take on, on yesterday's uh, announcement uh, of, of that uh, report with regards to, to the state-sponsored doping, not good news for athletics. You know, absolutely not. Um, but I think the good news is that they are starting to address uh, problems. I think, you know, like, um, I think doping cheating has been around for, for for a long time. And, you know, with SEPCO, you know, in the lead at IAAF, you know, I truly believe that, you know, we're at a stage now um, where they are actually starting to address some of the doping problems in the, in the sport, um, you know. And, and that is a good thing. You know, I think sport needs to be play fair. And, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, doping problems need to be addressed. And, you know, I'm really backing him in the battle, you know, of cleaning up the sport and making sure it stays a fair competition. Absolutely. If you want to find out more about the Cape Town Marathon, it is a whole festival of running. There's trail runs. The Peace Trail Run is a, a 22 and a 12. There's a 10-kilometer Peace Run and Walk, uh, and then a 4,2-kilometer Fun Run as well. So something for the entire family as well as uh, the marathon. The website to get to is capetownmarathon.com. Entries uh, about to run out. So if you are thinking about it, get off the fence and get there and enter right now, and we'll see you on the streets of Cape Town. Ilana Mayer, as always, great to catch up. Thanks for your time. We look forward to, to doing it again soon. Thank you very much. Join us this week on Top Billing in a showstopper home by world-renowned designer Perla Lichi. Katlejo Mabue welcomes us to his hometown of Hochestrum. Hip-hop star MT gives us the lowdown on his rise to success. Plus, will Bonang and Jonathan take top honors at this year's U Spectacular Awards? Find out on Top Billing this Thursday night at 8, repeat Sunday at 12.30. This is Larry Westhuizen, and you're listening to SAFM Sports Special. Well, there's lots of action uh, behind the scenes at this time of, uh, I don't want to say the football season, because uh, we are between seasons at the moment, but lots happening in the, uh, as far as transfers go. And I can tell you that Golden Arrows have announced their new signings for the upcoming season. And we are joined now by the media officer uh, from Golden Arrows, Wusi Musi Vilakazi. Wusi Musi, welcome. Thanks for, for joining us today. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, a couple of interesting signings. You guys, uh, in case it any, been pretty busy. Evening, my man, and evening to your listeners. Yes, it has been busy. Obviously, it's that time of the season, so teams have to be busy and make sure that they they prepare very well for the new season. 
couple of interesting ones, though. Uh, Vujani Ntanga and Lorato Lamola uh, joining you guys from, from Bloom Celtic. Uh, two, two really good, uh, good names to, to add to your roster. Uh, it, 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 it bodes well for the new season. Yes, indeed. Uh, I think those are good timing for us. Obviously, we've made an, an exchange whereby Celtic took uh, Hotto, Dion Hotto, and we took these two players. And so far, so good because ever since they've been here, they are trying to fit well into the system. And uh, I think it's fortunate because they've worked with the coach before, so he is uh, uh, fine in making them the skill at home. I wanted to ask you that, and, and uh, interesting, as far as getting new players into a squad and changing team dynamics, as you rightly said, uh, they worked with, with Clinton Larson, the coach at Bloom Celtic, so they must have slotted in pretty easily. They, they understand the coach, the coach understands them, and, and obviously the systems, even though they're two different clubs, I'm sure Coach Larson has, has implemented similar systems as, as to what he had at, uh, at Bloom Celtic. Yes, no, they, they are doing very well. Uh, I think we were just fortunate in, in getting the, the two of them because they, they really fit into our system. Apart from, from the, 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 the fact that they've worked with the coach at Celtics before, but they are players who are fitting very well into the Golden Arrow style of play. Uh, so it, it's gonna make things easy, easier for the coach as well because we needed a striker like Lamula and Danga, who is playing behind the striker, so he's someone who is comfortable on the ball, and he also supports uh, the striker who is playing at that particular time, but the runs that he's making, so he complement, they complement each other very well. I'm not sure as to they will start together when the season started, but at least it's good signings, and the club is very happy. Another Bloom Celtic or a youngster from Bloom Celtic that's joined you guys this season uh, is, is Wade Eust. He's a product of, of the, the Celtic Academy. Uh, did, did Coach Larson have a, a say in, in him as well? He's obviously was impressed by the youngster when he was in Bloemfontein. Yes, yes. He, he knew him from Bloemfontein and he did speak about him when he arrived here because he knew that Eustace was not playing at Celtic, so he, he would have loved to have him on board. And fortunately enough, when he approached Celtic about him, uh, it was possible for him to come. He is just a player that can play as a right back and also as a right wing, which is good for us. But he has been working very hard ever since he's been with us. And we are looking forward. We were playing just a, a, a mini tournament on the weekend and he scored as well. So I think that will boost his confidence going forward. Brilliant. Uh, a couple of uh, foreign players joining as well, and I know one that uh, Orlando Pirates was were, were quite uh, keen to sign as well, but uh, you guys were, were able to, to get his signature, and uh, that's uh, Malawian Limbinkani Mzvaza. Uh, good signing, uh, another great player, and uh, I mean, he's played for, for Bloom Celtic, also played for, for Aces last season, so uh, someone with, with a lot of experience uh, that he can bring to the body. Yes, yes, yes. He is just bringing a stability uh, in our defense. Uh, his experience, and uh, we, we never had someone like him in the setup. We had good players, good defenders, but maybe lack of experience, which we were struggling. That's the department that we were struggling uh, with last season. But I'm sure because ever since he came in and he's playing with Musa Bilanguli, so there is more stability at the back, and, uh, and Zava is going to just add a... Uh, or have more impact in our team, and I'm sure he's going to have a good season.
Uh, I'm loving the fact that you guys have brought in some players with, with a bit of uh, sort of, uh, I don't want to say international flavor, but, but, but players who have had experience uh, playing in, in different countries. And, and one of those is uh, Clifton Mahiso from, uh, from Kenya. He's played for, for AFC Leopards uh, as well as uh, the, the Kenyan international side. He, he's also uh, quite experienced and, uh, and will bring uh, something different to the table. I'm sure the players are going to enjoy having him around. Yes, yes, he's definitely a quality player. Uh, everyone is impressed with him. Uh, I think it's a good sign when, when everyone is happy about the signings, that, especially the foreign signings that we are doing, because if you are a foreign, we have to be exceptional. And he is doing very well at training ever since he came, very good uh, uh, somebody, and uh, I'm sure he will have an impact as well in the team. But he's a quality player, he can pack, he can, he can take one-on-one, uh, he's just a very strong player. Let's talk about the hopes and aspirations for the upcoming PSL season from a, a Golden Arrows perspective. What what are you hoping to achieve? Uh, obviously, the club hasn't uh, come up with a mandate to the coach, but obviously uh, we know we didn't get into a top eight last season. We would love to be in the top eight and maybe just challenge to be in the top four as well. But we've got a, a Sarah squad this season for us to compete and to make sure that at least in the trophies we win one uh, or win something in the trophies. So we are capable. If you look at our squad right now, you're talking about the experience, the tried and tested players are there. So I think it's high time for Golden Arrows to challenge even more. The last time we won something, it was Super 8, uh, MGN 8. Uh, but we are, I think it's about four, three years, four years back, five years back, but we are looking for something, we need a silverware. Uh, last time it was our disc, which is a good thing, but we are looking uh, for something in the senior team as well this season, so we are uh, going to challenge. Media Officer for Golden Arrows, Wusi Musi Vilakaze, thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck uh, for the final sort of preparations and running to the start of the season, and we look forward to catching up uh, throughout the upcoming PSL season. Thanks for, for your time this evening. Thank you very much. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to South Africa's news and information leader. Time to chat some hockey now. And uh, the South African Hockey Association have uh, named uh, the players who will represent South Africa at the 21, uh, at the under 21 uh, Women's Junior World Cup, which takes place in Santiago in Chile uh, later on this year. It all gets underway on the 24th of November. We join now by the coach of that team, Patrick Tuchani. Patrick, welcome onto SAFM uh, this evening. Thanks for, for your time. Thank you. Patrick, looking ahead, uh, it may seem far out. Uh, 24th of November is when uh, the Junior World Cup does take place, but uh, it, it just goes to show that things are progressing and the plans are in place, and we've, we've got uh, a sort of long-term, long-ish-term goal to, to work towards, and it's good to have that squad and, and the players know where they stand so that they can build towards it. No, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So it looks good, yeah. Patrick, as, as far as the team that, that has been selected, I mean, under, under 21, obviously disappointment that our men's and ladies team aren't going to, to the World Cup, but this is the future of, of South African hockey. No, absolutely. So, yeah, it is quite disappointing that our, our, senior, our senior teams didn't qualify for 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 all that qualified through Rio, but obviously there were certain permutations placed on them. Uh, so, you know, the next the next step is... Obviously, the under-21 under teams, men and ladies. So this is the future of South African hockey. So when we look, when we look at when we look at it long term, in terms of we're also hosting the Commonwealth Games in 2022. So you'd probably be looking 
you know, a majority of these young ladies and these young men, uh, you know, representing our country at the, at the Commonwealth Games, but also that development now in this spot now. So it's, it's critical. Yeah, absolutely. You can't, can't wake up two weeks before before those Commonwealth Games and, and expect a team to be competitive. So good to see that things are being put into to place now. As far as the future of South African hockey goes, I mean, you mentioned that the, the teams essentially did do what they needed to do to qualify, but because of uh, things that were put in their way, were unable or are unable to go to the games. Are you confident that South African hockey is in in a good space, particularly from a, a youngster's perspective, the juniors coming through? No, absolutely. No, I had the privilege of going and watching the the recent sort of uh, under-16 series where it was last week, it was held in Pretoria, uh, where the under-16 uh, national girls and boys, you know, participated at uh, so in, in a triangular. And there's, there's definitely there's definitely lots of talent out there. So from an under-16 point of view, and from an under-18 uh, perspective as well. So we are under-18s played against the Australian school side. And the boys competed particularly well. I thought the girls, the girls also competed really well. So, Southern hockey is in good hands, but I think it's important that we, we talk about the talents. It's important that we nurture that talent and we, and we put the right resources and develop them to become, you know, world beaters. And we've definitely got talent, but it's, it's, it's the next phase of what we do with that talent is, 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 is the ultimate question. I think you make such an important point because I know, and it's not just hockey that struggles with this, it's, it's most sporting codes that at school level, South African sport is particularly strong, but it's that gap uh, between school level and stepping up to, to sort of provincial and national level that we're really struggling with. And, and, and this is where this group is right now, and that's why it's so vital that we do sort of, as you say, nurture them and prepare them right. There's, a, there's uh, something coming up in September, the National Hockey League, that's going to really play an important role in the preparation of this team for that Junior World Cup. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, look, I also don't know what the... You know what the sort of what what is that missing link between the, the talent we have and how we can really nurture them going uh, going forward long term. But as you as you say, uh, in September there's definitely a, a tournament happening, the National Hockey League. You know we'll, we will have the top the top hockey players in the country, uh, which is really good. And for and for us we will compete we will compete as the national on one side in that in that tournament, which also provides us you know with great competition and competitive competition, you know, to prepare for the World Cup. I think it's, it's important that we, we compete and we play matches. You know, you can train and train and train, but the, the key thing is actually competing and playing together. That's, that's important. And then we learn, we learn the most from those matches. Yeah. Patrick, as far as transformation goes with, within South African hockey and, and where we're at right now, particularly with, with this squad that, that's been selected, lots has been spoken about various sporting codes that aren't meeting uh, the sort of targets that have been set by the Ministry of Sport. Uh, are, are things in place, particularly within this group, that we are ticking those boxes? Well, yes, that's quite, that's quite a difficult question, but we're definitely tick, ticking the boxes. I think also transformation becomes quite a... It becomes quite a sort of a sensitive issue and I think, you know, there is definitely place for transformation but I think the way the way you implement it is, is key. So I think in terms of saying this is what you need to have, uh, you know, having uh, having uh, having put sort of figures to it is actually not the way to go. It's probably you need you need to make sure that you put like I said, you need to put the right structures in place to to, to for transformation to occur. And I think we're slowly getting there. But I think it also it, take, it takes time. 
but I think we will definitely get there in time. So that's why the talent that I speak about in terms of only fixing at the 18 level, then we speak and start implementing uh, implementing those procedures and, and transformation. Yeah, absolutely, that's that's what needs to be done. Patrick Chani, thank you so much for joining us here on SAFM, head coach of the SA Under-21 Junior World Cup team. Uh, the ladies' side of things, uh, thank you for your time, much appreciated, and best of luck in the preparation in the build-up to the, those games. Okay. So I want you to be very decisive. As soon as they hold your hand, you quickly turn your body, pull their arm with you, and punch them as hard as you can in the stomach. If you do this right, they'll be on the floor writhing in pain. And then you can run. Jeff Mletsane, a martial arts instructor, is teaching women in his community self-defense for free. Like Mandela, he cares about the well-being of women. Join the SABC and people like Jeff as we celebrate the spirit of Nelson Mandela. How will you be more Madiba? Join the conversation on hashtag BeMoreMadiva. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, last week saw the conclusion of uh, another very successful Coca-Cola Under-18 Craven Week. And uh, I love Craven Week rugby. If you want to know what's going to be happening in South African rugby in the years to come, that's where you'll see all the big names. And uh, a name that I'm pretty sure you're going to hear more of in the future uh, is a youngster from Western Province, Ngwekazi Kanya Ngwesane. Uh, Ngwekazi joins us now. Welcome on to SAFM. Uh, Craven Week rugby. Rugby in general, it was a fantastic week. Uh, you were named uh, as one of uh, the heroes of the day. I think it was for day five. Uh, did you enjoy? Did you enjoy the experience? Uh, so it was a very um, special experience. Seeing that we won the tournament and I got to have uh, the opportunity to be the hero of the day on the last day. Uh, so it's special. You look at Craven Week and Coca-Cola Craven Week over the years, and, and if you look at the Springbok team now, I don't think there's a player who didn't play Craven Week. It, it, it must sort of fill you with confidence that you're on the right track to achieve your goals. Yes, I mean, when the teams came out at the beginning of the trials, um, everything was going smooth. So I think the Craven Week is a platform for any schoolboy that plays rugby. Um, it's a like stepping stone and uh, it's an opportunity that you have to grab with both hands. Tell me, a little bit, tell me a little bit about uh, your rugby, where it started. I mean, how long have you been playing? For as long as you can remember, or has it uh, been fairly recently? Um, no, I started playing in grade 6, and in grade 7 I had the opportunity to go to a bigger school, and that's where everything started falling into place, and then, yeah, ever since grade 6. Where, where do you go to school? Uh, I go to school in Paul High. Oh boy, fantastic! Fantastic rugby school, uh, great traditions as well. Look, looking ahead, what what are the plans? Uh, has there been any interest? I know there's always scouts for the various franchises at at the Craven Week. Uh, any interest from from any of the provinces? Uh, I wouldn't say there is, but I mean at the moment I'm still in the cheeks. I have to focus on that and the end exams that I'm writing soon. So and the schools rugby and inter schools. So <laughs> I think it. Lots on your plate. What, what's the plans for, for after finals and, and looking ahead to the future? Um, the future, I'll definitely love to play some rugby. At the moment, uh, I think I'll be playing somewhere in Johannesburg, or, yeah, as, as it seems. But I'll definitely look into studying and playing. So. Fantastic. Yeah, that is Ngukanzi Kanya Nkusane. Thank you for joining us on SAFM Sports Trap this evening. A name you're definitely going to hear more of uh, in rugby circles in the years to come. Uh, star of the final day of the Coca-Cola Craven Week in 2016. SAFM Sports Trap.
Well, that's almost it for the show this evening. You might be wondering what's happening with the Tour de France. Well, I can tell you it is the second rest day of the Tour. It all concludes in Paris this coming weekend. And things looking very, very interesting. Chris Froome with a 1 minute 47 lead uh, atop the general classification. A lot of people saying, that's it, it's done. Uh, It's going to be a procession to the capital of France. But uh, Chris Froome's having absolutely none of it. He reckons uh, the next four days are going to be pretty tough, and uh, he's going to face attacks from all the major teams. I I think uh, he's right. It should be a fascinating conclusion to this tour. This is what he had to say in response to that question. Other teams have have said they're going to attack in the last few days of... uh, Sorry, next week in the Alps. Uh, this week in the Alps, sorry, um, and uh, I, I expect they will do. So um, to say that the tour is tour is won and I don't have any rivals, that's that's rubbish. I guess that's what two and a half weeks on a bicycle does to you. Forget what week you're in. Uh, but looking at that general classification, uh, he does have a one minute forty seconds, uh, forty seven second advantage over Balka Molima. Adam Yates is sitting in third, two forty five behind Nairo Quintana, who was. Uh, the guy who everyone thought was going to pose a major threat, he's sitting in fourth. He's two minutes, 59 seconds back. He's going to have to do uh, something amazing in the Alps over the next few days. There's also a big individual time trial coming that uh, could play into Chris Froome's hands. I am looking at it more as a, as a four-day block, uh, this, this, next, uh, this next block. <laughs> um, yeah, there's four very... Tricky days. Each each day is 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 different and has its own challenges. Obviously, the time trial is quite important. Yeah, I mean, each each day each day is extremely challenging. So it's it's definitely, in my opinion, it's it's a four day block opposed to picking one day to 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 really go harder than the other ones. We'll be keeping you updated over the next uh, few days as that one rolls towards Paris. And that's it for SAFM Sports Trap this evening. Thank you very much to my entire team up in Johannesburg, keeping uh, things rolling tonight. We'll be back again uh, with another edition tomorrow at 6.30. I'll be back on PM Live. Coming up on the other side of your 7 o'clock news, it is uh, the talk shop with Naledi Maleo. Right now, though, it is 7 o'clock and Greg Coase has your news.